of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, today I want to attempt to speak to you about a model for the Christian life. What is it really when you think of someone, you think of them as a Christian? Maybe it's your, your, your mom, your dad. Maybe it's a, a, a grandfather, a grandmother. Maybe it's an aunt or uncle that had a, a great influence upon you in your walk with Christ. And as you have that person in your mind, as, as you capture those memories, once again, what was it about them that made you drawn to our Lord and Savior. As we think about some of those qualities, perhaps the, the, the most important, perhaps the, the foundation, was that they walked the walk, didn't they? It wasn't just that they said, you know, nice flowery cards around the holidays, and it wasn't, you know, just that, that they told you some nice things about Jesus, the Savior. It is instead, when you collect your memories together, that you could see in their life something a little bit different. Now, maybe the, these differences weren't, weren't great extremes. No, because maybe you had a, a, a lot of Christian people around you as you were growing up, but that one that stands out to you, that one that seems special, it was because Christ was part of their everyday life, wasn't it? Because they, they woke up in the morning and maybe you saw them reading their Bible. Or maybe as a, a young person, you know, you, you, you came into your mom or dad's room and, and there they were on their knees and they were at prayer. You, you, you caught them praying. Of course, uh, following the, the biblical model, you know, they, they tried maybe to, to keep their, their prayers secret. The Lord tells us that we're not supposed to be making this big open display of our prayers, but rather we should go in our closet and, and we should pray in private. And the, the Lord who, you know, sees in that privacy will honor our prayers. You know, and so they, they weren't making a big deal about it, but you caught them. Maybe it, it was simply that, that fact that as you watched, you know, grandpa at work and he hit his thumb with the hammer, he didn't curse. He didn't take the Lord's name in vain. Maybe he just went, ah, it hurt, right? But you didn't hear a, a, a string of filthy curse words coming out of his mouth. And, and you thought, you know what? When, when that person I'm thinking about was under pressure, when that person I'm thinking about was having a, a really bad day, they still honored the Lord. And we see a, a lot of the things I'm talking about this morning, they're, they're not big, huge things, are they? So, well, I remember my grandpa had a million dollars and he donated to foreign missions. 
They stood before the congregation with a huge check. Say, no. Right? It's not that we have to be able to give a lot of money to the church. It's not that we have to be able to do you know, huge things in the name of the Lord that we might be remembered, but rather it's those common, simple, everyday things, isn't it? Your, your dad you know, took you to the McDonald's. And, and you got a little bit of food. And, and he realized that the sales clerk had given him an extra quarter back. And so he got up and, and he went and he stood in line again. And he said, excuse me, ma'am, you gave me 25 cents over. Here it is. He said, what? Do people really do things like that? But the person in your mind today did things like that, didn't they? They're concerned even about being overpaid a quarter. They were concerned that they would be able to follow Christ in all manner of ways. They were concerned that they could have the light of Jesus every single day. See, the thing is that in our, our church, you know, in our lives, they, they've changed quite a bit since our youth, haven't they? Because, you, you know, when, when you and I were young, people were expected that they would come to church. In fact, you know, you kind of be looked down upon if you didn't make your appearance in church on Sunday. But uh, of course, you know, what, what often happened was, you know, we had salesmen trying to, you know, hawk their junk in the church, right? We had, you know, used car salesmen trying to sell you a car after the service was over. You know, we, we had people showing up just because they wanted to run for a public office someday and they, they needed to check the little box, you know, that said, hey, I went to church. Now we have people that they, they really could care less about that kind of appearance. We have more real people, though, in our church, don't we? And that is what we're talking about today. The people who truly love the Lord, people that truly desire to serve him, not just with lip service, not just with, with putting in a, an hour on Sunday morning, but rather that every single day they wake up and they're, they're in prayer. Every single day that they, they wake up and they're, they're studying some of God's word. Every single day they're going out and they're thinking about what is really right and what is really wrong? What, what position do I need to take on, on this you know, particular issue? Do I need to get involved in this situation? Now, do I need to speak some truth to that person today? What is the Lord's will in this? You see, they're asking those questions. And, and then you see them. You see them out there. Now, sure, you know, we can find people that maybe take that to an extreme, don't we? 
And maybe one or two of those people, they, they come to mind this morning. And you, and you say, you know, can't that person maybe have some grace, you know? Because that's important too, isn't it? You know, we, we kind of think, uh, again, about, you know, just a, a basic leadership principle. What does a leader need to be able to do? Well, they, they need to be able to stand alone at first, don't they? Because otherwise, you, they're just following someone else, aren't they? And so you see a particular issue, you, you, you decide in your home, in your community, in, in your job, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to take a stand on this. But, but what's the, the second principle? It, it's that you then begin to influence others to stand with you. You see, in our society today, sometimes, you know, people, they, they forget the first part. And they just kind of blow here and there as the wind changes, don't they? They never take a stand. I don't want to take a stand because it makes me a target. You know, I, I don't want to stick out. It, they think of life as kind of like the, the whack-a-mole game. You know, have you ever played whack-a-mole? You know, the, the, the little mole head, plastic mole heads pop up, you know, and you're supposed to whack them with your mallet. And, and you knock them down. If you manage to hit one, you get some points up on the board. And they, I, I don't want to be the mole that gets whacked. You know? And, and so they never have the courage to stand up. They never have the courage to, to stand alone. They, they just kind of blow this way and that. But the second part is, of course, as a Christian, that we need to be able to lovingly encourage others to stand with us. Because you're not really a leader if nobody is following you, right? If you're just kind of the, the, the old guy up on the hill, living in your cave, and nobody ever comes around, you say, well, I'm standing for truth. Well, if nobody is being influenced by you, um, if, if you, you know, you're just kind of trying to bully others into your way of thinking, if you're not encouraging anyone in a loving way to come and seek the Lord's light as well, you don't have the second part, do you? And dear friends, that also is probably one of the qualities of the person that I ask you to think about today. See, they knew inside what was right. When, when, when you caught them doing something, they were doing the right thing. You know? And they lovingly encouraged you to come and be part of it. And you, you can sense that they loved you and they cared about you and, and they wanted you to have the light of Christ as well. They said, wow, you know, there's something different about that person. Again, there weren't big, huge differences, maybe, but it was a little bit softer, wasn't it? It was, they had a little bit more patience with you. 
It was that they tried to take you by the hand and lead you instead of grab you by the ear and yank you. It was that they reflected Jesus, our Savior. And dear friends, that is where we want to be, isn't it? Now again, we, we can't just get there by you know, forming good habits. I, I maybe kind of wish that, that that could be the case. You know, we, we could have a 10-step a program and I could talk about the 10 steps you know, every Sunday and, and I can encourage you in kind of little activities, you know, and I want you to concentrate this week on giving back that extra quarter, you know, and, and we could get, get strict and point our, our fingers, but dear friends, that it doesn't work that way, does it? It works by having that relationship with Jesus, our Savior. It works by actually having the Holy Spirit come to live within our hearts. In our text for today, John the Baptist, he pointed the finger and he said, you know, I, I think that I kind of suspect what is in the hearts of you scribes and you Pharisees. I think you are a brood of vipers. No, he, he told it like it was. I think you're just kind of coming out here for appearances sake. Because all these people are coming out and, and you just kind of want to be part of the crowd. And people in your congregation are saying, hey, I went to John and I got, got baptized. What do you think about that? And you say, well, maybe I should go to John and get baptized too so I can continue to lead this organization. And John the Baptist said, you know what? My baptism is just for repentance. It's for people that realize that they've fallen, that, that they've sinned, that they need some help. They need a new start. And so they come and they get baptized. I, I know you guys, you all think you're okay. And you just want the symbolism. But let me tell you, said John, one is coming after me who is mightier than I am. I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals around. And he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with a fire. And dear friends, when your mom and dad, your grandma, your grandpa brought you forward for baptism, you were given that Holy Spirit. That fire, it began to kindle within your own heart. And now it might be true that over a, a, a lifetime of, of discouragement, that, that flame has begun to flicker a little bit. And it might be true that after uh, times of being in this world and being in conflict with the world, that you've just kind of worn out. And that's just a little bitty flame inside. But the Lord wants to fan that to a roaring fire once again, doesn't he? A roaring fire that begins to take hold of you once more, that begins to lead you into the steady of his word, that begins to cause a longing to form within you that you would pray to him. 
He would be in conversation with him every single day. A roaring flame that enables you that even though you're going broke, you can take that quarter and give it back again because you knew it wasn't yours. The flame that sees others in trouble, others in danger, and goes to them speaking truth in love to try to change the course of their lives, to try to draw them ever closer to Jesus. That's where we long to be, isn't it? And our Lord and Savior, he offers that hand, that gift of fellowship every single day. Well, we take it. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want someone in our lives that is closer than a brother? Why wouldn't we want someone in our lives that gave everything he had so that we could be saved? Why wouldn't we long to be in fellowship with a fella like that who always has our best interest at heart? whose only desire is that we can make it home to heaven to be with him always, who loves so very much that he gave himself over unto death, the death on the cross. And so we say today, yes, Lord, that's where I want to be. I want to be in your light. I want that fire to burn in my heart once again. I want to know you every single day, not just for an hour on Sunday. I want to hold your hand and walk together with you through the paths of this life. I want you to be my friend. And I know that you love me. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds, now and always. Amen.